Book of 1 Samuel tonight, 1 Samuel chapter number 13, 1 Samuel chapter number 13. I appreciate the music. Yeah, that song just makes me happy, it makes me glad. Uh, I always enjoy the music that we get to uh, be blessed by each and every uh, uh, Sunday, every service. Don't take it for granted. Uh, we, not everywhere has what God's blessed us with, and so I'm thankful for that. 1 Samuel 13, I'm going to read the last few verses of the chapter, beginning with verse number 19, and I believe tonight that I am going to bring a message that is going to give an explanation of the answers to a lot of what we're facing in our country, a lot of what we're facing in our churches and our Christian homes. 1 Samuel 13, beginning with verse number 19, now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make their swords or make them swords or spears. But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share and his coulter and his axe and his mattock. Yet they had a file for the mattocks and for the coulters and for the forks and for the axes and to sharpen the goads. So it came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. But with Saul and with Jonathan his son was there found. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the passage of Michmash. Tonight I want to bring a message I've entitled, Unprepared for the Day of Battle. Unprepared for the Day of Battle. Father, help us tonight. As we look into your word, I believe that the Spirit of God is going to highlight some truths for us tonight, illuminate some things. And uh, Father, may we realize uh, by lack of preparation, uh, we are defeated before the battle even starts. And Father, may we do things to strengthen our Christian lives, our walk with you tonight. May we strengthen our homes. May we strengthen our church. And in doing so, may we strengthen our nation. And Father, I pray that you would uh, give me your power tonight. Bless your people. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Very interesting passage of Scripture that's often overlooked because there's so much that takes place uh, in the book of 1 Samuel. But the enemy of God's people... Uh, had suffered many defeats at the hands of God's people. We find the nation of Israel in a period of time where they have come out of what they would consider some of the darkest uh, times of their history, the days of the judges. And they are getting out of this period of time and, and to be reminded of their history as long as they were on the same page as God, the enemy would always stand, would never uh, have an opportunity for anything other than defeat. Now in the days of the great prophet and last judge Samuel, they find themselves in worse condition than they realize. It is bad enough to be in a bad condition and know it. The only thing worse than that is to be in a bad condition and not even be aware of it. Thus is the condition of God's people. Now, in these days, they find themselves in worse condition than they realize. The failures, I remind you, the failures of the, the priest Eli and the stain of his wicked sons were now becoming a fading memory. The Ark of the Covenant had been stolen under the watch of Eli and his wicked sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and upon the Ark of God being stolen, the child Ichabod had been born, and truly the glory of the Lord had departed. Once again, the enemy, spoiled as we 
Look in verse 17. The Philistines and the spoilers came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned unto the way that lendeth to Orpha unto the land of Shual. The enemy is always looking to spoil. Is always looking to defeat God's people. Once again, the enemy is looking to spoil and to attack and to defeat God's people. What did the people of God have to combat the enemy? Well, our passage of Scripture tonight tells us that there was a real problem. There were no swords to do battle with because there was no smith to make the swords. So the people of God had to combat the enemy with the tools of farmers. In the day when you needed the weapon of war, all they had were the tools to till the ground. Likewise, we find the same scenario in our churches and our homes. The enemy is spoiling our churches. The enemy is spoiling our homes. Evil is no longer silent, but seeking whom it may devour. Wickedness no longer hides in the alleyway, but knocks on the front door. The spoilers are on the prowl. But the church today, in the average Christian home today, finds itself in a similar situation as Israel found itself in this period of time. There were no swords in the land because there was no smith to make them. This problem didn't happen overnight. Just as Israel gathered their garden tools to fight for their lives, the church rallies around ineffective tools to battle the adversary. We go to battle with self-help books and philosophies instead of the Bible. We bring our performance with no power. We sharpen our political involvement instead of prayer. And by the way, the devil's not impressed with your Republican registration card. We go to the war chest and instead of holiness, we find social justice and inclusiveness. The church finds itself to battle the enemy without a sword because the smiths are nowhere to be found. And just as God's people got to the day when they had to fight for their very existence, Christian, hear me very well tonight. If you want to finish your course, you want to finish your race, you'll have to fight to do it. Our nation, we, we keep trying to make peace and to, 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 to keep uh, our nation going forward. And sometimes peace is not the answer. There are some things worth fighting for. Our churches today, we have an adversary who wants to defeat us, an adversary who wants to destroy us. And quite frankly, we have let the enemy spoil us because we have not had the tools to fight the enemy. I want to point out from this passage of Scripture some mistakes that led to God's people being unprepared for the battle. And make no mistake about it, if you're going to rear your children in the way they should go, 
according to the word of God, you can't do it with a garden tool. You're going to need a sword. You're going to keep your marriage honoring God. You're going to need a sword. But as the pastor of this church, I understand something. I would just assume, plant the crops, pick the weeds, do the things that we need to do. But I understand something very well. If this church is going to continue on the path that God has for it, there's going to come the day when we need a sword to fight the battle. Let me point out some mistakes that led to the God's people being unprepared for battle. Number one, there was no discernment concerning the motive of the enemy. Verse 19, now there was no smith found throughout the land of Israel, for the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make their swords or spears. There was no discernment concerning the motives of the enemy. It was part of the plan of the Philistines to get rid of the smiths. If they didn't have, we got to get rid of all the swords, get rid of the smiths, and eventually you won't have any swords. Oh, by the way, get rid of the old-fashioned preaching. And the day will come we won't have to deal with the church. Get rid of the confidence in the word of God. And the day will come we won't have to deal with the effects of the power of God's word. Today... Our homes and our churches are being destroyed because we are trying to battle the enemy of God without a sword. The mistake they made was there was no discernment concerning the motives of the enemy. Friend, you and I have an enemy. His name is Satan. You and I have an enemy. It is the minions of Satan. It is the, the, the prince of the power of this air. This world is not your friend. Amen. Mom and dad, your home has an enemy. You can't play nice with this enemy. He comes to you and says, you don't need a sword. We can get along. I'll fight for you. I'll protect you. And we are deceived in thinking that the enemy wants to do anything but destroy us. I want the teenagers to listen to me. Every young adult in here, every young person here, listen to me. This world wants nothing but destroy you. Oh, they can make promises, but the devil's a liar. We have, mom and dad, it's time we got some discernment about what the enemy is trying to do. Oh, you get this, I remember, you know, you know days going by, all the preaching of, of, of last days and warning is this and this and this. And I remember as a young, young boy growing up and hearing all this preaching, I've lived long enough to hear it preached against and see it come to fulfillment. Mom and Dad, let me just say it tonight. You need to get some discernment about what you let inside your home. You need to get some discernment about what you put in the hands of your teenager. You need to get some discernment about what, who you allow your kids to be around. You need to get some discernment about that. Why is pastor always suspicious? Because the enemy wants to destroy me. The enemy wants to destroy my home. I'll tell you, as the pastor, I have no problem telling you this. When it comes to the things of this church, I'm always suspicious. Because I know there's an enemy out there who's wiser than I am, who's wiser than you are, smarter, knows, has all the tricks, has all the tools, and the only way to defend what God has given us is to fight for it. 
Why did they get to this place? They didn't have the discernment needed concerning the motive of the enemy. I'm amazed many times at the, the lack of discernment in God's people. The enemy does not care about what your self-help philosophy is. They don't care. If they ain't the Bible, that's all they care about. The enemy doesn't care. Okay, this, is, this one's going to sting a little bit, perhaps. The enemy doesn't care what party you vote for, how many political rallies the church organizes. Satan does not shake when he hears the name Donald Trump. But he shakes when he hears the name Jesus Christ. He's not afraid of a number of new voters, but he's afraid of God's people on their knees praying in the power of the Spirit of God for God to do a supernatural work. He's afraid of the repentance of God's people because he knows that moves the heart of God. But we have fallen in the last generation. We've fallen in the last five, six, seven years, and we've depended on politicians to do for us what God has commanded his people to do through righteousness. All of these with the tools, they weren't bad people. They didn't have the discernment that was needed to realize that you can't trust Washington, D.C., even if they call themselves a Christian. But let me tell you what you can trust. You trust that book right there. A lack of discernment finds us in a day where we, could we, as God's people, collectively across this land, could we given have enough prayer in us to get a hold of God? Well, the time is now. We say, look at the forces that are being, being organized against the home and against the church and against our freedoms and liberties. The answer is not is who gets in the White House next. And I'm afraid we as God's people are still depending on that. I know this is not popular, but it's the truth. The enemy does not care about your involvement in social change. The enemy cares about how holy you are. Because the enemy is smart enough to know God blesses holiness. God uses clean vessels. We have a lack of discernment. Why, how, did, how did you, I, as a child, I used to hear the story and say, these are a bunch of idiots. How did they let this happen? Everybody knows you need a sword to fight a battle. But oh, now that I've lived a few years, I look around and I say, we're a bunch of idiots. We've allowed ourselves to have a lack of discernment and we see the mistakes that led to being unprepared for the day of battle. I'm talking about being prepared for the day of battle. And all the time, this isn't, this isn't preaching that we like to hear a lot of times. It, it, it's preaching that's criticized, but I tell you, that's the whole ploy behind it. It's because the day comes when you hear something like this, people are aghast. And we used to be preaching in every, best, every, every church corner. Number two, second mistake that led to being unprepared for the day of battle is their faith was in the wrong solution. 
In chapter number 8, we find the people of Israel going to Samuel and saying, we no longer want to follow God, but we want a king. We want another man to lead us. Everybody else has a king. Why don't we have a king? And in chapter number 8, they go to Samuel and say, we want a king. And Samuel goes to God and God says, give them what they want. Be careful, Christian. God may give you what you want. But you'll find out when it's too late. It's not what you should have had. They asked for a king. God gave them a king and Samuel told them, let you understand what this means. That means he's going to come take your young men to fight his battles for him. It means he's going to take your young women to come and serve in his house. It means he's coming to take the best of what you have to, to, to serve the kingdom. And they said, give us a king. They, if you read the scripture leading up to this, our text tonight, you find that Samuel informs Saul that the kingdom's being taken from him. Are we shocked? Saul stood in the stead of God's man and disobeyed when they asked for a man to stand in God's stead to lead them. They depended on Saul to fight the battles for them and that is not what God wanted them to depend on. And friend, when you put your faith in the wrong solution... You don't get the answer that you need. You're unprepared in the day of battle. Friend, God has a plan, and it's in the Word of God. God has a structure. It's laid out in His book. God has a way that He would have us go, and we're to follow Him and trust Him. And, and God prepares us in those days of battle. God doesn't handle all of our problems for us, but He enables us to have the victory over the problems that we face. But sometimes He requires you to unsheath your sword. He requires you to make the effort and take the stand and to be willing to pay the price for the cause of Christ. But they put their faith in the wrong solution. They passed their personal responsibility onto the king. He needs to take care of the Philistines. He needs to take care of our enemy. There's one thing that's lacking in our nation amongst the saved and unsaved alike, is a lack of personal responsibility. If you're a deadbeat, that's nobody's fault but your own. If you're a rebel tonight, it's nobody's fault but your own. It's personal responsibility. Well, I, I would serve the Lord in a greater way, but you can do that all you want. You're looking to the wrong solution. We have a personal responsibility. How come they found themselves unprepared for the day of battle? Their faith was in the wrong solution. Friend, our, our faith has got to be in the Lord. We can't look for a shortcut, and there's too many Christians today. We, we won't, yes, I want my children to turn out and serve the Lord, but we don't want to pay a price for that. I say this often, I will pray for your children, I do pray for your children, I'll try and be an example as the scripture commands me to be, I'll preach the truth of the word of God uh, to, to them to the best of my ability with God as my helper, but it's not my responsibility to rear your children. Well, thank you for both amens that I got on that. 
Number three, the third mistake I see in God's people not being prepared for the day of the battle, and please listen, they ignored their heritage. In verse number 20, but all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share and his culture and his axe and his mattocks. Yet they had a file for the mattocks and for the cultures and for the forks and for the axes and to sharpen their goads. So it came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. God's people had progressed to the place that instead of being soldiers who farmed, they became farmers. Did you hear what I said? Instead of being soldiers who farmed, they became farmers. That's happened amongst God's people. Instead of being soldiers in the army of God, who have responsibilities as, I'll use it as farmers, to take care of our needs and our homes and our families, we're just concerned well, is there going to be a harvest next fall? Before we know it, God's people have gotten to a place where there's no sword. Because we've only been concerned about taking care of our physical needs. That is the definition of America right now. The history of Israel was to battle. The history of Israel was a history of fighting the enemies of God. God is even going to replace Saul with David. And the scripture calls David a bloody man, meaning he drew his sword against the enemies of God. God had brought them to this, this far. And I'll just say the name Joshua who they were very well versed in. They were very familiar with Joshua, who was a man who used the sword. Even, even Moses, who, who had no training in that, used the sword. Abraham used the sword. God's people was their heritage to use the sword to defend what God had given them, to fight for what God had given them, because it was from God. It was not theirs to give away. It was not theirs to let fall by the wayside. That they had what God had promised them. It was their heritage. And they had gotten to a place where they couldn't even defend it. Because they ignored what they were. Let me tell you, and you don't have to see this the way I see it. And I understand there's some things I see that sometimes other people cannot see. I've got a pretty good track record. Problem with our Bible-believing churches, and the reason why they can't defend themselves against the contemporary movement, the emerging church movement, the compromise of the day, is because they've ignored their heritage, and God's people have always stood for what they believe. They're willing to pay the price for what they believe. They're willing to be exiled from the brethren for what they believe. They're willing to be blackballed for what they believe. And we'd rather get likes on social media... And have the sword. They ignored their heritage. Young men who you feel God wants you in the ministry, don't run from your heritage. 
we, we have, it, it, in our nation today, we have this movement to redefine what America has always been. The reason why we are what we are is because of what we've always been. And the reason why we, as God's people in churches today, find ourselves unprepared for the day of... Where do you think, where do you think the devil's going for? Where do you think the devil's got his target? You think it's on, on, on churches like our church that preach, Thus saith the Lord, or on these glorified nightclubs? Who, who do you think the devil is targeting? Who do you think they're coming for first? I'll tell you who they're coming for first, those that are holding to the truth. And the reason why we have this is that it's our heritage that we're willing, as we saw in Sunday school this morning, as John the Baptist, he's not changing his message. He wasn't toning it down. He wasn't changing his mind because of the consequences. That is the heritage that we have. Our four Baptist forefathers, they were burned at the stake. They were beheaded. Uh, their families were taken from them and executed in front of them because when the Catholic Church says you have to baptize their babies, they said no. But today, we're more concerned with it being at a political breakfast than thus saith the Lord. The longer I live and I... I don't even know if I know how to convey this. As my children are getting older, and they're getting, getting to that time when my responsibility is with them as far as them growing up in my home will soon be done. Praise the Lord for that. But. <laughs> and I know I have more responsibilities after that. But the older they get the more glad I am that I was willing to draw my sword. And I was willing to fight battles, fight friends, fight the devil, fight family to protect my family. The longer I pass through this church and coming up on 10 years, believe it or not, There's been some prices to pay. But look around at what God's done for us. It blows my mind. It, 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 it's such a blessing. I mean, it's hard for me to comprehend it that we're sending men to preach the gospel in the Chile, South America tomorrow. Next month, they're going to, Lord willing, be in the Andes Mountains. Preaching the gospel. We may never see them again, but they're going to go. Like, Pastor, is you okay? We, it's like, we, we, we admire Jim Elliott too, so, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. I thank the Lord for the opportunities God has given us. But you know what's happened? Because you fight for it. We've got to a day where we're told it's, it's better for you to get along or you're going to get canceled. Well, if you stand where God stands, they can't cancel you. Well, I'm going to unfollow you. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know you were there anyway, so <laughs> have a good time with that. Don't ignore your heritage. Number four, and finally... The fourth mistake I see with 
the day they were unprepared, the day came when they had to give an account of their lack of preparation. Verse number 20, so it came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear. Every day wasn't the day of battle. But there came a day of battle. Every day, friend, is not the day of battle. But there's coming a day of battle. There were days when they were just concerned with, we've got to harvest these crops and we've got to clean up this mess, and we've got to do all of these things. That wasn't the day of battle. And see, I know our forefathers, they, they were always suspicious of our neighbors. They always say you need to watch them, and you need to walk a certain line, and there's certain associations you shouldn't have, but we didn't need this. We don't even need How long has it been since we needed the sword? Well, the day of battle is coming, friend. And everyone is going to give an account for your lack of preparation. This Bible warns us as Christians we need to protect our home. This Bible warns us that we need to be vigilant and guard our lives and our marriage and our home. So I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't want to draw those lines, Pastor. I, I don't want to do those things. Oh, the day will come when you'll give an account of that by the influences that are in your children that you didn't protect them from. Oh, I, there's, there's, and, and I hope you'll, 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 you'll understand the heart that I say this with. In the almost 10 years of pastoring, nine years and seven months, eight months of pastoring, only nine years and six months have been battling. But I have, I, have, I have men who have been my friends and men who I respected and, and men who on paper believe what I believe who weren't willing to fight the same battles that I was willing to fight for this church. And they're not going to have a church. And I don't say that with any pride. It, it pains me. And we look at the condition of our, of our nation today. It's not a political problem. It's a spiritual one. We've been lulled to sleep. We don't need the sword today, but there's a day of battle coming. There is no smiths in the land. So you and I, we don't look at this as temporal, and I'm so glad the lesson we had this morning to put our eyes back on the eternal and start thinking beyond us. We are at a place in our nation spiritually that the devil started on 60 years ago. He, he just wait. We're paying the price for that because we have not been vigilant and we're unprepared. There was preaching much straighter and harder than I'm doing tonight those days ago. And there were Christians who mocked it, ignored it, kicked the people who were preaching it out of their fellowships and associations. 
today we find no smiths in the land. I used to hear those stories, Jack Hiles and Lee Robertson and Lester Roloff getting kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention for their beliefs. And I used to say, young man, you call the person, man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm an independent Baptist. I'm never going to get kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention. But they've been trying to kick me out of the independent Baptist movement. And they just haven't found a way to do it yet. Don't be unprepared in the day of battle. The Bible still works. It's better than Dr. Phil. Prayer still works. The power of God is still what we need. You know what we need? The sword. Mom and dad, be prepared to battle. Battle for your children. Start your day in prayer. Start your day in God's word. Well, how are we going to change Washington, D.C.? doesn't really matter, matter if we change Washington, D.C. if we don't change our homes. And, and, and I'm just in one of those moods tonight. God's not scared of Nancy Pelosi. He's not scared of the swamp. We need to go to God. But the problem is, we've got too many, we're entangled with the affairs of this world, and God's plan is still repent. But we want to bypass us getting right. And we want to bypass that as God's people. We don't want to get the influence of Hollywood out of our home. We don't want to sacrifice. We don't give up the things that our flesh likes for the cause of Christ. And we want to bypass that. We say we need a political revolution. No, we just need to make sure we get a sword. Amen. Well, I'm afraid that too many of God's people find themselves in the same predicament. Same predicament. It's time to go to war. Now these people, to their credit, they're minding their own business. But the enemy is always, you can mind your own business. Well, Pastor, I just don't think, I just don't know why we have to take those things. You think the devil's really minding his own business? Well, we're, we're experiencing the blessings of God. I'm looking forward to telling you more of what God is doing and getting into the new year, what we're pressing to do and how God is blessing us. I mean, we, we knock out walls and put, put 100 more chairs and they're full the next week. And, and, and the more we do, the more God blesses. We need to understand that our enemy is planning to spoil. You don't need a rake to fight the enemy. You need a sword. Now, I don't think we're in the same condition Israel is, because I do think there's some smiths in the land. I'm afraid too many of God's people don't have a sword. I believe we're close to there's no smiths. Because if this was in our day, 
The smiths would say, hey, you need to get a sword. There's that warmonger. He can't get along with anybody. Trying to make a buck. No. There's a need to always be willing and able to defend. That's why Satan hates this book so much. That's why he's attacked it through the centuries. Because as long as you and I have this, he can't, he can't defend himself against the Bible. He can't defend himself. When Satan took Jesus up and tempted him, and tempted, tempted his flesh, you know, Jesus didn't say, wait till, I, wait till you hear what I say at the next political rally. He rebuked him with the word of God. This is what we need. Friend, tonight, however, however you apply this, however the Lord speaks to your heart tonight, Lord, impress this upon me, and I want to remind us, you've got to be willing to fight for what you believe in. I, I don't regret any stand I've taken on that book. I don't like it, but I look people I love very, very dearly in the eye. I said, if you're going to make me choose between this or you, that decision has been made a long time ago. Why? Because there's some things that I'll draw my sword over. You want to come enemy into my home? I'll fight you. And we got to be reminded that the devil isn't showing up on our front porch in a red suit with horns, a fork tail, and a pitchfork. There he is! Get rid of him! No, he comes in the form of Hollywood. He comes in the form of music. He comes in the form of, of associations. He comes in the form of anti-scriptural philosophies that have infiltrated every segment of our society. We've got to have some discernment to say, no, no, that's not coming into my home. Understand, as the pastor of this church and the people of this church, it's, it's my responsibility as the shepherd to watch over the flock. But it's your responsibility also to watch over this church and to guard your own heart and to guard yourself. And God has done something special here. We have an opportunity to do something for Him. And the enemy is on the prowl and we like to spoil it. It, it, it. And we get weary. The whole history of Israel is but we have to battle this one and battle this one and battle this one. Can't we just have a time of peace? We would love to have that, but the enemy is not resting. And we, as God's people, get to the point, oh, we have another battle. We've got to take another stand. And there's another association. And they go to, can't we, just, can't we just be where we can just get along? No, we have what we have because we battle. Now, the, the youth group we have, these kids aren't perfect. Look at them. But there's a lot of churches that would kill for what we have. They say, how do you have a youth group? This is the part that's as far as it gets. You draw your sword. Well, we don't have one of those. That's the problem. How do you have such a spirit in your church? You draw the sword. Well, at the last fellowship we went to, we had to turn them all in at the door so that we could all get along. 
That's why you don't have what you could have. Maybe you're new in the church. You've been saved a very short time, and you're looking, and I want to rear my children where to be pleasing to God. I want them to have what, what I see around here. I want them to have that. And there's so many who are willing to give up their sword, and they're not worried about a smith because they think they can appease the enemy, and they want to rise in stature and status. And, friend, we've always been people of the cave. We've always been those who would fight. I thank God I've told you this. and, I'm clo- and See, I closed my Bible a long time ago. That doesn't mean I'm stopping. That's a psychological, psychological trick you learn in Bible college. If you close your Bible, that buys you 15, 20 more minutes. And if you say, I'm, about, I'm closing, that buys you another five minutes. So I'm still in that 15-minute. Um, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Well, let's, what we have, we've got to be willing to take a stand for it. Um, this ties in with the message of the Sunday school lesson, some things I said in Sunday school. There's not as many, in my opinion. I know that, that God reminds us that there's, there's, there, there's, there's a host that has not bowed their knee to bell. We just don't all know who each other are. I know that. And I believe that. I'm amazed every year at our Preachers of Light Conference the number of men who come that I've never met before. But they're obviously on a similar page. They obviously have the same desires. I understand all that. But I say it would be a logical conclusion to draw that we don't have as many Smiths now as we did a generation ago. But one of the purposes, I believe, of this church is to stand and to battle the enemies and friend, I will fight this world. I will fight the devil for your kids and your family. I'll do everything in my power. There's some in this building. I've looked at them and said, I will, I love you so much. I will fight you for you. I will do that. We have an opportunity as a church that when our time is done, there's more Smiths in the land which means there's more swords. Which means perhaps we can stave off the enemy a little while longer. And friend, hold your sword. Don't find yourself unprepared today in battle. Father, help us tonight as we...